Once again. <laughs> I hope you really are doing well. Um, it's fine. I think we leave it there for now. Um, I was here on Wednesday, and the ladies. So we have a women's ministry that means every Wednesday morning. And I walked in, you know, just to say hi. And there I saw Veronica and all the ladies making sandwiches. And man, they looked good. I actually thought you were having a feast. But it turns out that they are feeding, just to remind me, Westridge High. Is that right? The children of Westridge High, um, I think once a month, you, you bring sandwiches and all things together. And um, I was, man, I, I think there's so much happening in the church, and I'm excited because um, we don't need to know everything, you know. But I tell you, if you, want, if you ever want to get involved, there's a lot to get involved in. And I really want to honor them because um, this initiative, Veronica, I'm looking at Veronica, she heads up our women's ministry. This initiative was started by them, and it's run by them, and they do it faithfully week, I mean, month in, month out. Um, and then added to that, what Bernie spoke about, I, I then saw these little, um, man, they were so cute, I took photos, little, uh, um, is it crocheted, is that right, that's the word, right, um, baby clothes, and I said, what is going on here, and then Veronica said, well, they are now classic care, I thought it was Obamacare, but we've got a classic care, <laughs> um, they are putting these little bags together to help, um, particularly moms that can't afford, with new babies, can't afford clothing, and that's a great initiative. We also have a hospital ministry. AD, can you stand quickly? And uh, they've been, we've got to get these testimonies in, because I hear these testimonies all the time, but we've got to get them in. But if you ever want to go and pray for the sick, man, I tell you, the hospital is a good place to go to. <laughs> So, Adrian, you guys meet on a Thursday and a Saturday. So, I have a chat to Adi if, if, you, if you want to get to know more about that. And Derek, as well, is one of our leaders, um, and they run that thing together. Thank you, Adi. That was, wow. Thank you. Oh, did you? <laughs> Thank you, Josh. You see, now you're in the spirit, because I was, I was thinking about that. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are okay without the fan. Is that okay? But we have a very um, special moment we're going to do before the word and share the word. And um, I wrote a couple of things down. Now, Didi's got a jacket on. My wife said to me, you must grab a jacket, you know? <laughs> hey, John. I, um, John. Oh, we're going to introduce you later, but I, I thought if Didi wears a jacket, I, I have to wear this jacket, you know. What do you think? <laughs> so so we, we're doing some formal things, but it's quite, it's quite an exciting thing. And I, I, I really want to um, just let you know that in this church, we believe in the ministry of every believer. You know, there's a slogan, I love it, John Wimber I used to use, everyone gets to play. And so when, when we ordain, um, it's really, and not ordinating, if you got that message from me yesterday, um, I thank the editors in the church, okay. uh, and I've banned pre uh, predictive text on my phone, but I see it still does funny things. Um, ord ord ordination, it's not about highlighting um, certain special people. Really, because you are all special, and you all have a gift that the Lord has given you. But what we are doing is that we're really recognizing what already is as a community. So today, we are commissioning some amazing leaders from the Father's house, and these people have shown faithfulness in character in the walk with Jesus. We do actually watch, eh? <laughs> And also um, in this service um, to the church. And I think that's important. You know, you don't want to self-commission yourself. And it's good to have accountability. That's why we have a local church. And we have local churches and we have community. Um, their fruit are being recognized today by this community of believers. Ordination is just a recognition of what already is. 
Now, there's an important part the Bible says about the laying on of hands that I do believe in the impartation, but we, we can only recognize what has already been there and that has, brought, has um, had fruit already and the community will be able to know the fruit is there. So I, I want to call on Olipio. Now, you might not know this guy. <laughs> in fact, um, we know him as Didi. But um, I'm going to call your full name, Olipio Marky. You can come and join me. In fact, um, we can... Marx. Sorry, I, I heard that. Editors in the church, uh, thank you. <laughs> it is Marx, right? So I... You know, we do this in relationship, and I really I love this man. He's a friend. He's a good friend. Um, So we have, we have editors and we have designers and <laughs> groomers and I do need a haircut. I'm not sure if we have, you know. <laughs> so, so, so <laughs> don't say that. So let, let, me, let, me, let me say um, Olipio. Yeah. He's from Namibia, but uh, shame. Okay. <laughs> I... I, I when I went to Namibia last year, I couldn't believe how much sand is in that place. <laughs> and I said, we, and, you know, I, like, I, I was lucky enough to fly over, and unlike some of you that take the long road, John. But I, as I was flying in, you know, and I normally, when, when I fly into a country, you know, you pray, and you're like, Lord, what are you doing in this nation? I just saw sand. <laughs> and I said, Lord, what is this? And, and this is, you know, this is my humor with the Lord, but this is, this is what I heard. He said, you know, I, he didn't have much else or elsewhere to place the sand. He just threw it there. <laughs> but I tell you, out of the sand in Namibia comes amazing people. And, um, and Olipia is one of them. In fact, Olipia today is going to be a commission, set apart is another good word, um, to be a pastor in this house which is what he's been doing already, if you don't know, um, heading up our pastoral ministry. And so our growth groups, all our connect groups, um, our leaders meet with, with Olipio Didi, and, um, and they, they basically get the direction and leadership there from him. He's one of a kind, if you know this man. I walked yesterday, now Friday, we went into the Grand West, not to gamble. <laughs> we went to church, okay. <laughs> I walked in, eh, and we were going through the, you know, the security thing. And, um, and as we're walking in, you know, we're talking, and we're talking about, I don't know why, we're talking about Jesus, and, and we're taking our money out, <laughs> you know, and, and our wallets and things, and this lady said, Mfundis, who's Mfundis here? And I said, Mfundis. Now, Mfundis means pastor. Mfundis. And immediately she says, Mfundis, pray for me. Do you know what Didi did? I just watched it. I almost took my phone out to go take some videos. Didi just said, took her like this, and he said, let me pray for you. What can I pray for? And he just prayed. Now, I've, I've seen him do this a few times. We, we're sitting in the restaurant. The waiter comes, and all of a sudden, there's a word. And um, Didi, we, we're going to recognize today the gift and the treasure the Lord has placed in you that we as a congregation, as, as a community, um, are blessed by. But I also want to call up Lynette Sneijman. And um, her jacket today. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you don't know, this is our shine um, outfit. And Lynette will be ordained today as a pastor. And um, if you did not know, um, Lynette has been serving in this church for, uh, in the running of the children's ministry, which we call Shine, for more than 20 years now. And so this is a significant day. If you ever want to test the fruit, you just have to look at 20 years of faithfulness, 20 years of serving and just faithfully serving, and, and I, I really, really appreciate your gift. Yeah. Um, she's also going to be recognized, as we pray for her, um, in terms of her apostolic anointing in that area of children's ministry. 
And we, we've seen that over the years, but we've seen an acceleration in the last, I would say maybe a year and a bit, where more and more she's been called on to train and develop other children's ministries from other churches, and that we celebrate. Yeah. Hallelujah. Um, and so in recognizing as a pastor, I do want to emphasize that it's pastoral with apostolic gifting. And whenever you go, Lynette, know that we are with you. And sometimes we go with. <laughs> Other times we just send, you know. But it's important that I believe this community recognizes that apostolic anointing and that grace honor. Then I want to also call up Marlon Bird. Will you fly? <laughs> how much did you pay her? How much are you paying my daughter to do that? Come here. We don't lead people to ourselves. <laughs> um, so Marlon, Marlon today is going to be ordained, commissioned also as a pastor in this house, in this church. And uh, let me say, if you don't know, Marlon heads up our youth ministry. Um, and I tell you, things are happening so quickly there. It's, it's accelerating. It's actually scary. But we are scared with excitement. Right, Marlon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the call every week. Them, this is, this is, the kids are coming. What, <laughs> what, do, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> um, but the Lord, the Lord will increase leaders there. Yeah. And we, we're praying that as, as the youth grows and increases, that Marlon, the anointing for you to release leaders out of there will also grow and increase. Um, so Marlon has also, you know, when I came to the church, and I think I just came on the staff, and, um, and I, I looked at this guy, and I thought, how did he get in here? Because I, <laughs> I remember I, I joined the church. I didn't know. I didn't see this guy. And then I heard that the day Marlon walked in, now, this is the Lord, right? Because now those who are lost will be first, <laughs> and first will be lost. The day Marlon walked in, um, if you remember Sheldon, Sheldon used to head up the, wor the worship and the, the, the youth. And Sheldon was looking for a successor, and immediately the Lord said to Sheldon, that guy, this guy, first day here, sitting somewhere in front, the Lord highlighted him. Now that's God. Yeah. Obviously the road from there has been him being faithful, serving under, serving alongside, and now he heads up the, the, the youth. But I also want to recognize, Marlon, your faithfulness in growing in other areas. And one of the things that we are really, um, what I'm excited about is, Marlon's ability to grow in the area of our growth groups and even in our evening service that, again, we are looking to relaunch this year. And we're saying, Lord, however you want that to look like. And, um, and so Marlon will also be heading up that service in the evening. And then last but not least in the kingdom, <laughs> Stephanie Semple, come and join us. And if you're wondering what she's wearing, um, that was all the way from heaven, given down by an angel this morning. <laughs> now, Stephanie, this, today we are commissioning and recognizing you as a chaplain. Now, let me tell you, to be a chaplain in this country is not that easy. <laughs> it's hard work. I saw sweat. Sometimes I thought it was blood coming out. <laughs> But um, she really worked hard last year to go and do the proper uh, course for the chaplaincy in this, in this nation. She's recognized on the board as a chaplain. In other words, she can walk into hospitals, um, prisons, various places. Um, they call it emergency, emergency services. services. And she's able to minister the word of God, pray for the, for the people with the go-ahead from the government. Now that, that is huge. So, so, so Stephanie, I just felt, and again, it's important that you see that it's not just about, you know, these, these uh, amazing leaders are part-time on staff, but uh, Stephanie's not on staff. Yeah. 
And Stephanie's been faithful and still is in serving and leading the healing stream, our healing and deliverance. Um, she's amazing with that. God, uh, in God encounters, uh, facilitating God encounters. And, um, and she's been a faithful servant throughout the years. So we want to recognize that as well today. Um, I, I want to ask if my wife and us, the elders can, can come and join leadership. And I, I do also want to invite John Fisher this morning. Um, John, will you come and join us? Um, in fact, if you don't know John Fisher, <laughs> I, hear the, I hear the back there, you know. Um, John, John is a pastor in the vineyard, and he's... There's no such thing as retirement, eh, John? You're not retired, right? <laughs> but John, John was leading um, and heading up, and he's just handed over his church in Pylons, in fact. Um, but he's, a, he's really a friend of this house, um, good friend of, of Olipio as well. Um, are you okay? <laughs> yes. And uh, I, I just asked John to join us this morning. Um, I think Dimitri was also going to try and be uh, He's not feeling well this morning. But I, I want to ask, can I, get a, can I get that mic? That mic as well. Thanks. I, I do want to ask the church this morning, the believers, the community, those of you that are here, friends and family, um, to stretch your hands out. You know, and this is, this is quite an important moment of just recognition and setting apart. I, I believe... All of heaven sees, and I'm very sure that they rejoice every time people step in to what they're called to do. I believe God is so pleased with that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask John to pray, and I'm gonna ask some of the leaders as the Lord leads you um, as we come around these amazing leaders. I think I've known Leedy since he was at school, and I don't think. Wear a jacket. <laughs> I think he's one of my biggest friends. <laughs> well, yeah, let's pray. Yeah. We want to thank you, Lord, that you put your hand upon people and your anointing for ministry. I want to thank you for those that have been called out here this morning um, for the talent, the gifting, and the anointing that you've given. And we, there's such a, a, a mix of ministry here, and I want to just say, Lord, this is amazing. We are so impressed by your call. And, and I pray that these folk, especially as they continue with the ministry that you've called them into, may experience your presence, may know your guidance, your protection, but more than anything, increased anointing for the work to which you have called them. May they be faithful. May they have their eyes fixed upon you, Lord Jesus. May they know what it is to hear your word of well done, good and faithful servant. We're praying that over them, and we pray, Father, that as they minister in this house and further afield, their ministry would be effective, bear fruit for the kingdom, and show your love and compassion wherever they go. I pray that over them, and I pray, Father, that I'm thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful for these people. I'm thankful for your plans for your church. And, Lord, as they minister here in Father's house, I'm praying, Father, that this would be a step forward in the life of this church, that as this is officially recognized, that there would be increased ministry, increased effectiveness, increased uh, growth in the kingdom. And I pray that over them, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing amongst us. We thank you for how you are building your kingdom in front of us, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you care for us. And we just remember how you looked at the crowds and you said um, you had pity and you said to pray for the, the harvesters ready because the workers are few. And you weren't exclusively talking about evangelism. You were talking about the crowds and the people and, and protecting them and lifting them up. And we are the crowds, Lord, and we thank you for these workers that you have set aside for us. 
We pray for them that they would be further empowered through you, Holy Spirit. We pray for them that they would walk in faith and in truth in everything that they do. We pray for them that they would be ready with the word in season and out of season, ready to proclaim your gospel, ready to defend the gospel as it should, ready to establish the kingdom of God in our lives through truth and uh, righteousness, Lord. And so we pray for them that they would, uh, that your flow would flow through them in Jesus' name. And we, pr- we thank you in advance through faith for the miracles that you have already set up, for the breakthroughs that you have already set up through their ministries, through what they will do, through their service of us, through the service of you, through their love for you. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you and we honor you, Father. Thank you for these people standing here today. I thank you, Lord, that nothing catches you, God, over all unawares. And even as Adam and Eve took that first incorrect step, Jesus, the perfect lamb, was there, Lord. I thank you that as every challenge arises in life, you raise up people. Even as the Israelites were walking through the desert and you were planning the temple and all the fine art in it, there were people that were equipped with special anointing and skills to perform exactly that. So we honor these people, Lord. I thank you that even as that story of uh, Grand West, before that woman was born and her need was established, this man, Didi, was raised up, even be it in the desert, Lord, to be there for her on that day and to be accountable. I thank you, Lord, that even before me and my wife had our first child, you raised up Lynette and Marlon to guide them and lead them in this church, Father. And we bear the fruit of that, Lord, and we are blessed for that, and you are honored for that, Lord. And I thank you for many of us in this church, even before crisis hit in our lives, and we struggled emotionally, that Stephanie was there, ready and willing, Lord, to just usher you in Holy Spirit and bring healing. So we honor them. We honor you, Jesus, for your perfect creation and your perfect supply to our needs. Thank you, my Lord. Precious Heavenly Father, we come before you with such excitement and gratitude this morning to thank you for these precious people that you have given to this house. Lord, I thank you for Stephanie. I thank you for Lynette. I thank you for Marlon. And I thank you for Didi. Thank you, Father, that every blessing in the spiritual realm is available to them. And you have blessed them. And I pray that you would shower more gifts onto them. Lord, they are building into not only the Father's house, but into the future of little children and families in this house. Lord, Lynette has built a legacy that would far outlive her, Lord, because the people that goes into this world that has been touched by her ministry, Lord, will leave a mark wherever they go. Lord, Marlon has touched the lives of young people, have given them an identity in you. Father, I pray that his ministry um, would be increased, and I pray, Lord, that he would understand that he would have the capacity to actually fulfill whatever you've laid in his life to do. And Lord, thank you for Stephanie, that her heart is to free people from, as she calls them, chochas and bugs that are still clinging to them, that she would free them from that, that they may serve you in freedom and know that you love them. Thank you, Lord, for Diddy's heart of compassion, his kindness, his generosity, and his love for your people. Father, we are so blessed, and we pray your blessing and increase of anointing on each of them. Lord, that the legacy that they leave behind would be in honor of your kingdom and your glory. So in the precious name of Jesus, I pray, just protect them. Uh, Lord, um, surround them with your angels, that they would be, um, Lord, just looked after, that they would never feel insecure or attacked beyond what they can can bear. So, Father, we just pray your protection and your love. And, Lord, may you gather them like chicks under your wings and protect them. 
in the precious blood of Jesus, we say we are so blessed, we are so privileged, and so honored. Thank you. Yeah, um, I just got a word here in uh, Second Timothy. When Paul wrote, uh, wrote to Timothy, he said, Thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. In other sense, we must keep them in, uh, in their prayers. They're powerful people in their prayers. And as, um, in verse 6, it says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. Fear, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. So thank you, Father, that you are blessing them and accelerating anointing, the anointing flow powerfully through them and the elevation and acceleration in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to ask Shavay to help me with this. We've got some certificates, and, um, and your chaplain certificate is also here. <laughs> but can I just charge you with Ephesians 4? It says, live a life worthy of the call. And, you know, the Spirit of God is the one that enables us to live that life. And so in everything, may the Lord strengthen you, make good decisions, to walk in freedom. Yeah. I've got this motto, enjoy it. Like, that's what I tell myself. Enjoy it. You know, enjoy ministry. Um, and so we're going to hand this Certificates out to you. <laughs> and then I'm just going to ask you just to honor them. And then thank you so much for those that prayed as well. But can we give them a round of applause for their hard work? Thank you very much. So um, I'm sure some of you want to maybe say something to them or, you know, feel free, encourage them. Yeah? If you've got a word for them, feel free to do that. We believe in the gift of prophecy. I, Marlon, can you help me? I think I might be a bit too tall for that thing to be down there. Thank you. There we go. I've got a, I've got a word this morning. And um, I'm not going to be too long, but I just, you know, praying into, into this morning's ordination, and I'm just praying for the church, for our church, you know, we've been on a journey of the favorite um, home of God, God's favorite home, and really it's been about God wanting to not visit you only, or us, but inhabit. God is not a nomad. You know, He wants to live. He wants, he wants to live in you. He wants to live in a church, a local church, in terms of whenever we gather, His presence is there. God enjoys being with people. And He enjoys being with you. And we, we've been looking at various aspects of worship, really. You know, um, and so this morning, I, I just want to highlight a few things about this favorite house of God or home of God that I believe is represented here today. If you just have a look around you and you see all these faces, I've got a, really a good view right here. And I see different faces, different people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different demographics. The house that God loves to dwell in is diverse. There's a, there's a movie. Um, we're not going to play the clip today. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Oh, play the clip. <laughs> Can you play it quickly? You might, you might recognize this movie. If you have children, I'm sure you do. But just listen to, listen to the song quickly, and then I'll speak a little bit about it. One of my favorite movies. You ready? Oh my gosh, I love this song! Oh, we 
Return signal. Park between the lines. Yes. Drop off dry cleaning before noon. The headlines. Don't forget to smile. Always root for the local sports team. Always return a compliment. Hey, you look nice. So do you. Drink overpriced coffee. No, it's thirty-seven dollars. Awesome. Did you see where are my pants last night? So um, let me help you, because uh, I don't know, the sound wasn't that great. Everything is awesome. Right? Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Um, everything is awesome. The, the, the only thing about this movie, and I, I, you know, there's a lot of um, adult humor in, this, in, this, in these movies today, and I always wonder, like, how do the kids understand these jokes? Most of it just goes over, you know, and then the adults actually enjoy the movie more. <laughs> but um, the team is defined in this movie as uniformity. And so when you watch the movie, just like you probably watched it, right? you, you, you realize that um, the theme, and obviously the whole thing is about breaking uniformity, thanks. and um, the, whole, the whole idea of team, and, and when you're part of this team, and you look the same, and you act the same, and you buy the expensive coffee, and everybody's doing exactly the same thing, um, then everything is going to be good. You know, and then they've got this guy watching. You know, there's this cameras everywhere, and if they see that you're not, you're not uniform. You know, you're not acting like everybody else. Then they call you aside, and then they deal with you. The kingdom of God is not like that. The kingdom of God is about unity in diversity, and not about uniformity. You know, I put a jacket on today. I brought it with no I said I must. And when I saw you, imagine, imagine we were to say to you, everybody was wearing exactly the same. Right? Put on that jacket, put a tie on, and put, <laughs> you know, everybody, and if you don't, um, we're going to have the ashes usher you nicely to the next room. <laughs> and uh, maybe, you know, I have a couple of people I have a chat with you, you know. The kingdom of God is about diversity. And the beauty of diversity, you know what? The Lord has made so many things in creation. I, I was sitting with Jude the other day, and we were watching um, these horses, you know, and they said the 20 most, um, what did they say? Uh, I, I think something like uh, these horses are only bred every thousand years, something like that. And so some of them are going to, you know, being in, um, distinct. You know. And so... Extinct, thank you. <laughs> I, I pay the editors. <laughs> so uh, we're watching this, and it's 20, 20. It took, I don't know how long, and they showed these sources. And then I thought, you know, I didn't know that there are over 400 different breeds of horses. Did you know that? There are over 250 species of plants in the world. Plants. 250,000. There are more than 1 million described species of insects. God loves diversity. His creativity comes out and oozes out through diversity. And so, wouldn't it be um, just amazing that we would try to be the same? <laughs> You know, 
when my hair is, um, my hair actually gets puffy over the time. Did he? Did he? Last week was asking me, I didn't know you had so much hair on your head. <laughs> um, and then Shavai said to him, well, if Tim doesn't gel at the end. Eh? <laughs> but you know, when, when, when my hair was very puffy, it was almost like an afro, I wanted straight hair. So, so I did this once, you know, I was leading worship, and uh, I told my wife to straighten my hair. <laughs> I, I walked in with this hair. <laughs> it was long enough to straighten. And um, I had these looks, you know, everybody was like, the worship leader, Damn, come on! It was the first time he could actually do that. <laughs> I know some of you have tried this. <laughs> you know, um, and so we try to be the same. We try to, maybe because we try to look at people and say, man, if I could just be like him. But the heart of God is in diversity, even in your gifting, even in the way that you wired, the way that you are. Some of you can wear a suit and you look good in that suit. You know what? It's okay. Come with your suit to church. We'll love on you. Others may not. Others walk in with sandals and slippers. And I don't believe God is shaken or, you know, by all these things because he loves diversity. We don't all look the same, smell the same. Smell, not smile. smile. Genesis 5 verse 2 God creates the universe, and then he says, let us create man, and he creates man, male, and female. Imagine there were only males in this world. (laughs) Imagine there were only females in the world. (laughs) Um, I heard Josh say, (laughs) oh. Um... But God knew that in the male and the female's diversity, that they would be compatible. And so he puts them together. The same in the kingdom of God, the body of Christ. And that's where I want to go this morning. If you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 12. And um, while you're opening up or putting your phone on, tab, opening, put your password in, (laughs) um, I'm going to give you a little bit of historical and theological background of, on the church in Corinth because it's important to actually understand Scripture. That's why I love what Mike is doing, interpretation, biblical interpretation. It's important to understand what was happening at that time when Paul wrote the, the letters, you know, and, and what was happening in society because you can't separate society from the kingdom. And so the city of Corinth was a wealthy city. It was situated in the Mediterranean region. It was very popular for trade. So they had lots of different cultures coming. Some people looking for work because there was quite a lot of work there. And others looking for opportunities to trade, to make money. And so they had this wealth of variety of people, cultures, diversity. And Jesus, you can say through Paul, the Holy Spirit used Paul to reach these people and a church is planted within that society. Now you must know, coming from Jerusalem where it was all Jews, right? Coming to a place where there's diverse and some of them are Jews and others are Gentiles, another word for non-Jews, and some of them are Black, others are colored, others are white, and they have all these different cultures, and now they start this church, what we could know as church. I'm just fascinated because imagine you were there the first day that you meet these people, and maybe, you know, they're gathering in someone's house, and the first time they're about to be church together, have church, I can just imagine why Paul had to write this letter. Because the diversity comes also with challenges. Do you think 
that it's coincidence the Lord would plant a church called the Father's House right here in Friedenburg and look at you. ISIS. <laughs> we are as diverse as you can get. It's not coincidence. The Lord would actually have placed us here for a reason, like the church in Corinth. And so they had the understanding of diversity from what we would call a worldview. What was their worldview? In other words, how you see the world based on your culture, your upbringing, society experiences. They had a certain worldview of diversity. And, I, and I'm giving you just the, the background so that this, when we read the scripture, you'll understand why you wrote the way you wrote. They had an idea of the body, analogy of the body, but from a Roman philosophy point of view. Because the Romans would teach their societies that the body has a head. And then it has you know, arms and legs. And, and the Romans would teach them philosophically that in society the body, the head, would be the wealthy, the intellectual, those that had money. Those who would, those who would then govern. And the arms and the legs would be the poor because they would be doing the hard labor. They'd be doing the work. And so they, their philosophy, their worldview, the Romans used for, to build their cities and society was let the wealthy lead and let the poor work. So the wealthy would be the philosophers and they'd be the managers and they'd be, you know, uh, sitting and putting together strategies. How, how are we going to build a society? And then the workers would go and do the work. And, and they'd use that analogy to get, to get everybody to buy into that's the kind of society that is successful. So if you're poor, you're going to get a poor man's job, which means you're anachan, you know? I'll, think about this, right? How stereotyped this is. So your, your hands, if you feel the hands, it would be a lot of calluses. But if your hands are soft then you're probably an intellectual wealthy person. <laughs> and this came into the church. The understanding, the worldview came into the church, and so Paul had to address it because this worldview, but then this kingdom view. And today, we may all be sitting here with certain worldviews, and God would want you to change that worldview to a kingdom view. But we've got to know what is the kingdom view. What kind of society, what kind of community does God live in, abide in? And so turn with me to 1 Corinthians and uh, chapter 12, and I'm going to read from verse 12 to, th to 30. And it says, it's actually labeled or titled, Unity and Diversity in the Body. And just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink, verse 14, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be Sorry, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. Verse 17, if the bod whole body were an eye, for that reason, uh, sorry, if the whole body was an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Verse 19, and if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. It's amazing how they would repeat the things. And whenever the Bible um, repeats things, it's because they're emphasizing certain things. And Paul used that in many of his letters, repetition. To emphasize his point, 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, 
those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need to be need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack, lacked. Sorry, that lacked it. Verse 25. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God is placed in the church first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles? Do we all have the gifts of healing? Do all speaking tongues? Do all interpret? Verse 31. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. I want to break this into three quick uh, points because I do believe, I do believe that the greatest revival that the Bible speaks about in the last days is going to happen. That the harvest will come in. And I, but I do believe that this is a very critical point to seeing the harvest come in. That is not going to be the one man of God. On a big stage, the one man of God, on a big television screen, that's going to do all the things and everybody else sits and watches. I believe that the body is going to be walking in its fullness and everyone in the body doing what he's called, yes, he's called to do is going to be honored the same. And so I'm excited about this, and that's why we, we commission people, and we bless people, and we say, go for it. And, you know, somebody asked me in the week, what's the protocol if I want to do this? And, okay, I understand, you know, you don't just go and do everything out there in the name of the Father's house, I guess. But, no, honestly, I said, does it build the kingdom? Yes. People being blessed? Yes, go for it. You know, what are you called to do? What are the gifts inside of you? And you know what? It may look so different to what you see on the stage, to what you experience maybe out there. And the first thing that I wrote down was, it is the Holy Spirit that unites us all. You see, when you came to Jesus, you received the same Spirit that any other person received, and no matter how big they are, in the eyes of maybe the world or the church, you receive the same Spirit of God. And that same Spirit is working in you. Is actually, I can tell you, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit is like waiting. You know, the sons and daughters, come on. For you to realize, man, the immeasurable um, spiritual blessings that God has given you. The giftings that is packaged inside of you that is waiting to explode within you. And I, I, I think the Holy Spirit is, is almost like a little champagne bottle sometimes, you know? Yeah. We, you know, you shake that bottle and when you, man, if you're not going to pop that thing, it's going to blow. <laughs> and some of you experience that every now and then, like you feel like you're a champagne about to explode. You know, I think it's because the Holy Spirit is trying to show you, man, I'm in you. And I've got gifts that I've placed inside of you if you just allow that to flow through you. And they all look different. Some of you will prophesy. Others will, you know, that there's a gift of leadership. That is an anointing from the Lord. Some of you can just lead. I don't know if you've realized that. I sat with someone this week. This guy just is able to fix a problem. <laughs> like come up with, that's a gift. It's a supernatural gift. The Bible calls it the gift of helping. You know, some of you can sit and just counsel people. I'm not that great to that. And it's okay. I said to someone today, um, in the week, uh, I think this guy is more of a pastor than me. But it's okay. 
because we have different giftings. And with all the giftings through the Holy Spirit, it comes together as one body. So I, I, I'm not even going to be insecure. I'm going to sit here and allow someone to teach me because they have the gift of teaching. I'm going to sit here and allow someone to pastor me because they've got a gift of pastoring. The church, when we realize this and we catch this, I believe you will do greater things. You and I will do greater things than Jesus. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit the man of God who has the authority to do certain things. And I actually, I wrote the post and I'm probably going to get into trouble for it. <laughs> but I, I had a conviction this week that we've got to honor that and I have no problem with that. But that can't end there. If it doesn't translate to the body being functional to operate in the gifts that you have, then I, I don't think I can sit anymore to support something like that. In this church, we believe everybody has a part to play. Everyone has the same Holy Spirit. So do you know what your spiritual gifts are? You know what, if you don't, that's okay. It's exciting, man. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit. And in the, I tell you, you, you can get some help. That's okay. You can ask some people to pray for you. And, but I tell you what, I, I, this morning, um, before I woke up, and this happens to me every now and then. Not, I'm not one of those guys either that just have, you know, open even visions all the time. I don't. But I heard a voice in my sleep. I heard a voice, I will give you wisdom for the nations. And I, I'm like, Lord, <laughs> I woke up immediately. You know, I don't know if you've had an experience like a clear, clear voice while you're sleeping. And I woke up immediately and I said, Lord, I don't know what that means. But I'm going to take that and nurture that. And if I need to go and sit around some men or women that are walking in the anointing, you know, for nations. Hey, John, I might call up on you. I call you up. <laughs> that they are doing that, then I'm going to. What has the Lord spoken to you about? What has he implanted in your heart? And I really pray this morning that God, the Holy Spirit, would stir that up this morning. Don't let it become dormant. The desire God will place there. But you've got to know, what are your spiritual gifts? Number two, each of us has gifts available to us by the same Holy Spirit. So, you know, if you go... 1 Corinthians 12, just before that, and Paul starts to speak about all the gifts, and there's a whole lot of them. And he, he, he explains that it is the Holy Spirit that determines which gifts. And so it's Him that will come to you and say, I'm going to give you a gift for, prof for prophecy. And you feel it, you know? Sometimes you, you may be walking, and then the Lord says to you something, and you, know, you, you doubt, I know that, you know, should I... Should I say that to the person? The Lord may, might even show you something. Maybe it's just a word of encouragement. The very basic um, starting point of the gift of prophecy, it's just encouragement. And that's, that in itself is a gift. Maybe it's just an encouragement. You know, I used to get these messages from AD. Man, I don't know, like that's a gift. You just knew when to message me. And it'll be something simple. Uh, I just got this word for you. Encouragement. I tell you, and then uh, how many times I would, yo, you won't believe I needed this. You might, you might find a, just a colleague that's sitting next to you, and the Lord might just give you a word. It doesn't have to be, you know? It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, let me wind up the Holy Spirit in me. I did that too well. <laughs> No. I tell you, the Holy Spirit is in you. And sometimes he'll just tell you, say that. Greet that person. Hug that person. I hope you're understanding how powerful you are because of him. 
each of you have gifts, and he, he decides which gift he'll give you. Sometimes you can have a gift of prophecy today, and tomorrow it's a gift of healing. Is that possible, Tim? I tell you, I've seen it. There are times when the Lord would come on me and, and I just say stuff. And I'm like, where did that come from? Other times and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't have anything for you. It's not me. I can't say that because it's him. I, get, I, get, I do get concerned when people try to work things up, you know. Uh, let, me, let me get a word for you. <laughs> it's like an apple tree. I don't think the apple tree is trying hard to have apples. So it can come, and then sometimes the Lord will just give you something else. Because that's what's needed at that moment that you're in. So, you know, I don't like titling myself, I'm a prophet. Yeah, yeah I have moments as the Lord leads me and guides me to have prophetic words. I'm a healer. I have moments where I've prayed for people and they have got healed. There were many times when nothing happened. And I go back to my father and I say, you are sovereign and you are God and you are king. It's not me, Lord. And so I'm not going to try and make this happen. Does it mean there's something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with the person who didn't receive the healing? You see, if you know him, if you know him, hey, Veronica, if you know him, you'll know that I can always go back to him and say, Father, you, you, are, you are sovereign. Paul said it this way, this thorn in my flesh. And what did the Lord say to him? I'm leaving it there. And Paul came to the realization of who God is. I don't think it's coincidence that the first book in the Bible shows God as creator. Do you know why? Because he's sovereign. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue. And so I, I'm not trying to make people get healed. I'm not trying to have a prophetic word. I'm not trying to release some anointing. I'm just going back to the source. Lord, what do you want me to do today? And then out of there, the relationship with the Father, it comes. Sometimes it comes powerfully, other times it's just like triples. <laughs> Nothing's changed. He still loves me. I still love him. I'm just submitted, like Jesus said, to what the Father does and where the Father is going and how the Father is doing things. Not to feed the ministries. We had, a, we, had a, we had a growth group. This is what we call it in our church, right? Back there in my other church, we called it the cell group. And this thing was going so wild. We started with one. In fact, um, where's Michelle? Uh, Jason's wife was our first faithful gro uh, growth group member in my little flat there, Shavani, our flat. And she was there, and then 80 joined, and a couple of other people came. Before we knew it, we were sitting over 50 in this. We couldn't even fit them in. And then, you know, there came this day. <laughs> Someone out of zeal, you know, they were just so zealous. And, I mean, people were getting healed. People were getting, like, we would go on the streets and pray with people, and then they invite them, you know, come to, this, <laughs> come to the growth group. And so eventually, uh, someone said to me, um, why don't we start? Why don't we start a Tim Feeder Ministries? I can do a logo for you. I'll set this whole thing up, you know. <laughs> I looked at Chauvet, and I tell you, there was a temptation. It's weird, eh? I was, I was obviously pastoring in the church. I was part of a pastoral ministry in the church. But there was this temptation of, you could do this on your own. You, you could, you, why do you need them? Look what, look what you did. And the enemy comes so sneaky, eh? Like to come and tell you, look what you did. And um, I thank the Lord for a wife like Chauvet. 
She clapped me immediately, not, not physically. <laughs> she said, we will not do that. I tell you, uh, um, men, that's how we got to get together, George. There's this thing, man. There's this ego thing, you know, this, this need for significance. Eh? Man, if I just did this thing, I would have my bodyguards. I mean, look at these guys. <laughs> hey, Raph, look at them. We've got enough guys to be bodyguards here, bouncers. Eh? I have my bodyguards. I left. Man, we built this thing. Come on. Tim Feeder Ministries. Put it online. You tune in, you know. Uh, just fund me. <laughs> I know I am knocking a few things, but I feel convicted. Because the Lord wants you to know. That you are powerful in Him. Yeah. And I, 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 I've made a commitment to the Lord that I cannot walk at road. I said, Lord, I can't. I know, Tony, we spoke about this. I can't walk at road. I can't. And I said to people here, yeah, hold me accountable. Yeah. But I also made a commitment to the Lord that the people of God need to know who they are. And you need to walk as sons and daughters with the same Holy Spirit to release the power of God wherever you go. And that is, leads me to the last, and I'll close with this, how you honor each other. When you're able to see people through the eyes of heaven and you see the gift the Lord has placed in them, you can honor them. Some of you have businesses God has blessed you with, for this kingdom, man, we can honor you, not because we want the money. Eh? No. We honor you because the, God, the Lord is going to use that. Let him use it. doesn't have to even be here. I'm not excited to just try and put everything here, you know, build a little shrine. <laughs> no. There are people out there. There are nations. There are communities. There are the poor. There are people that are needing the kingdom of God. Some of you have got amazing gifts that just needs to be unlocked and released. In this house, the Father's house, we believe in that, unlocking the gifts within people. That's why, Mike, we will work hard to teach, eh? Because we want to equip, we want to raise up. I'm, I'm not worried about what's going to happen if there's not enough chairs anymore here. Because I tell you what, <laughs> you can either build this way or you can build this way. I've seen God build this way. We, we've got, if there's too many, we will have to send. Empty the church out again, you know. <laughs> hey, shouldn't be scared. If you plant out, you send out. I mean, come on, how much more as far as us can do in other communities? doesn't matter where God sends us. He might send us to Somerset West. Gugletu, Kailicha, hey. And I tell you, imagine a church in a township or on the Cape Flats that looks like this. The heart of God. So, I'm going to close the prayer, but I really do, Holy Spirit, wanted to activate hearts this morning because I know that's what you want to do to ignite Lord God in our hearts a fire for you Jesus Lord I pray that those that may not know what they carry in you Jesus that you would reveal to them I pray for boldness take small little steps of boldness eh? um, and you can start you know, testing it on your children, <laughs> it's okay. Prophesy over them, if that's where it's safe, you know. Uh, I've got a friend who raised the, the dog up because he wanted to practice resurrection. <laughs> so his, his dog died and he prayed for the dog. dog gave a little cough, died again. <laughs> it's okay, you know. He was just testing. Yeah. <laughs> trying, he's training, you know, the presence of God. But step of faith, Father. Yeah. 
that we may have the boldness, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would show us who we really are in you. I thank you, Father, for those that have gone and done things in the kingdom. And, Lord, they ignite us, they excite us. But I pray that we may never be a body that is dead, that just watches as others do. So activate us, Holy Spirit. And I pray for testimonies, Lord, this week. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we get closer and closer to you, we will know your voice and hear it so clearly. Stop us in restaurants, Father, in malls, wherever, Lord, that we can just be a blessing to someone. Whether it's just a gift we give or a word of encouragement or prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I pray the Lord will bless you and keep you. Um, I'm excited for next week. I'm not going to give it too much away, but we are going to, we are in the worship series and we're going to continue next week with worship and it's going to be really good. So I'm not going to give you more than that.